electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hi, I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange, and here's what's on my mind. Back in 2005, when I was an intern on the trading floor of a very large bank, they asked me to put together a list of economic indicators in order to develop a surprise index of macro data points. I basically used the indicators listed on the JP Morgan economic calendar, still the standard reference point today, plus some market-based gauges like the performance of transports and semiconductors. And for the next 15 years, that list would have been basically unchanged until today. Suddenly, things aren't lining up, unless they are. There's a lot of confusion out there in the marketplace, and I'm not the only one who feels that way. Even Jamie Dimon laid out three reasons why the economy is so hard to explain right now in his annual shareholder letter released yesterday. Liz Young talked about it on halftime yesterday in response to Mike Wilson of Morgan Stanley's call that we are in a bear rally led by utilities and defensives. Some early cycle things are turning over like housing, she said, but the macro data is okay. Rich Bernstein on Power Lunch said we are late cycle and favors defensives along with materials, financials and industrials. But he also noted that it's very hard to find corroborating evidence that says a recession is imminent. So could we be late cycle for a long time, say 18 months, I asked him. We could be, he replied. Bernstein said he would shy away from consumer discretionary stocks right now. But at the same time, we've seen travel stocks, the ultimate discretionary play, going gangbusters over the past four weeks. The Away ETF is up 20% since March 7th. Just this morning, shares of Carnival Cruise are up 5% after the company reported that last week was its single busiest week for new cruise bookings in history. The CEO of Expedia says this summer will be the busiest travel season ever, and their shares are making a go back towards their February all-time highs. So what gives? Raymond James strategist Tavis McCourt talked about these strange days over the weekend, but warned investors not to jump to overly bearish conclusions from signals like the inverted yield curve or the recent slump in transport stocks. We believe we are seeing a substantial shift from goods spending transitioning to services as the U.S. economy reopens, rather than a slowdown due to financial stress, he wrote. And if he's right, then the slumping performance of transports and semiconductor stocks doesn't matter as much as it normally would, because it tells us the recession goods super cycle may be over, but not that the overall economic expansion is as well. The transport stocks had their worst day Friday in two years and are down 6% in a week. But that was also after the Dow transports on March 29th hit an all-time high, which makes it a little soon to say this bellwether is collapsing. The semiconductors have been even weaker, with the SMH ETF down 15% from its all-time highs around the turn of the year. Steve Grasso warned us yesterday away from the group, which he thinks is heading into a post-pandemic glut. Again, this would normally be a tell that the economic cycle is turning, and yet this time around, the only tell may be that the pandemic period is over and we are returning to a more normal economy. In fact, this perhaps could all have a nice Goldilocks ending right now, if only inflation were receding sharply. The fact that it's not means we could be entering a very different kind of cycle entirely. 
Just yesterday, Goldman's U.S. wage tracker hit a new all-time high, going back to the mid-1980s. It's running up around 5.5% from a year ago, and pulling it back to the 4% or so range needed for the Fed to hit its inflation targets would require even more tightening than what's currently priced in, Goldman warns. Or as Larry Lindsay told us, for the Fed to hit its inflation goals, we also need to see monthly CPI gains in just the three-tenths of a percent range, less than half of what we've recently been experiencing and well below the 1% plus gain expected in the March report next week. Oh, and he thinks we'll be in an inflation recession next quarter if we're not already in one. I asked him if he wanted to offer any investment advice in such a landscape, and he said in his personal portfolio, he's short bonds and long commodities. So it all seems to come down to whether we are entering a rerun or not of the 1970s. Goldman's equity strategist David Costin reassured investors last week that the S&P 500 has typically posted positive returns in the 24 months following yield curve inversion. But the 1970s was the exception, he noted. The firm expects stocks to be basically flat this year with the S&P at 4,700 versus just under 4,600 today. In the early 1970s, the two-year 10-year yield curve inverted in 1973, and the S&P ultimately went on to drop 48%. Does your head hurt yet? I'll close with this. Barry Knapp of Ironside's Macroeconomics doesn't think a recession is imminent and is sticking with his overweight in U.S. stocks. In a word, productivity, he says, the pandemic was a positive productivity shot and profit margins will increase. He's overweight industrials, financials, and energy, much like the more cautious Rich Bernstein, but underweight defensives like staples and utilities that more bearish investors favor right now. Meanwhile, as for the reopening plays, that has been a definite call of MKM's Michael Darda, along with smaller cap cyclical value. And yet growth stocks have lately been regaining their mojo as people worry that broader growth will become more scarce. This is the mushiest mid-market cycle that I can remember. Nothing like the set it and forget it days of the 2010s. And I'm just glad I don't have to be a professional trader or investor right now. Thanks for listening and be sure to follow our exchange podcast and catch the show live weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern only on CNBC. See you then. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.